we want to start out with another Andrew. We just spoke, Mr. Katsimatidis, to former Governor Andrew Cuomo. This time we have another Andrew. We have uh, Andrew Giuliani, uh, who ran for governor, and uh, his father was the uh, the mayor in the city of New York that saved the city, city of New York. And and uh, uh, Andrew Giuliani, uh, tell us about uh, what are you doing on this rainy day? Well, John, Chad, uh, Dominic, thank you very much for having me. Today, it's not really a golf day today. (laughs) It seems like it's a good day to be a duck. I'm actually looking at my daughter right now, and a happy Yom Kippur to all those that celebrate. And I have to tell you, John, you know, I I really, really am proud to be part of the WABC family for what you just showed, I think, over the last half hour, that WABC really is the premier public square, not just in New York City, not just in New York State, but all around the country, because there are very few places that would put on Andrew Cuomo immediately followed by Andrew Giuliani. And the fact well, you're that both named Andrew. does that, we are both <laughs> named Andrew. That's exactly right. You're absolutely right. But you understand what I'm talking about. And I yes. think it's so important to our First Amendment, to our free speech that you would do that. And I got to tell you, there are a couple things that I agreed with. And you might have made some news with Andrew Cuomo when he said, It was all his problem regarding Biden and the administration in terms of what's going on in New York City now with the immigration crisis. I have to agree with him. However, there was something that he did not mention, which is the fact that he was the one that called ICE thugs and actually sent a cease and desist letter to ICE in April of 2018. So when he talks about politicizing this issue, I have to say I think Andrew Cuomo might have been the first person to politicize this issue before it became a real well, problem. Well, let me meet somebody who doesn't make mistakes, and uh, I'll, I'll introduce <laughs> you to Jesus Christ. Um, I'm not saying you didn't make mistakes. Okay, let's move on. Did not mention. <laughs> so, so Andrew, what what's on your mind uh, politically these days? I mean, obviously, we're all disgusted with the uh, migrant crisis, but what, what, what are some of the things that you're following closely? And what do you make of the poll that shows the uh, Washington Post ABC shows uh, Trump up yeah, 10 points? That's the interesting question. Yes, it yes. is. Uh, you know, uh, President Trump uh, uh, texted me or called me uh, on uh, Saturday afternoon to, t- to point out that the Washington Post was going to report that Saturday night. And I'm sure he called you or texted you uh, also, uh, tell us about the poll. I mean, that, that is big news. Yeah, as a matter of fact, yesterday I covered some of this on my 2 o'clock show, and I spoke to President Trump last night about this poll specifically. We went through some of the cross tabs on this. And i, t- I got to tell you, if you dig deeper into this poll, one of the reasons why I think this is so significant is if you look at the polling respondents, they actually, in the 2020 election, were for Biden, 50 percent to 46 percent, which kind of matched the popular vote around the country. I believe the popular vote was 51-47, so also a plus four Biden margin. So the fact that that group, which was plus four Biden on Election Day or Election Month of 2020, is now plus 10 Trump, a 14-point swing, really shows that right now at this point you have to see that the country is fed up with the Biden administration and what they're doing. And if you dig deeper in the economic numbers, which, Sean, I know you've really been pointing out, especially from an energy perspective, I mean, 87% of Americans are unsatisfied with the current condition of pricing in America for our energy. And for groceries, 91%. From an economic standpoint in general, only 23% of Americans are satisfied with where we are right now. 
And I think that's why President Trump is looking better and better coming to November of next year. But when you say the things that I'm looking at, I'm looking at what does it actually look like in the states of Pennsylvania, in Arizona, in Michigan, in Wisconsin, because we all know 42, 43 of the states are pre-decided. We know Biden will win New York. We know Trump will likely win Texas. And and you can go through the first 40 states. It's about eight to 10 states. And how does Trump poll in those states? Right now, it looks good, but it's certainly not decided yet at this point. Well, it's certainly not decided. And uh, uh, I guess you're certainly uh, supporting uh, President Trump. And uh, it's good for you to do that. Chad, do you have any questions? Yeah, you know, it was interesting with uh, Andrew um, Cuomo when he was on earlier, right? And he was talking about the migrant issue. And that, those those numbers, John, that, that's like staggering numbers of what how many 130,000 migrants in New York, right? So if if that's the case and they're sending 130,000, and that's uh, compared to the country, what does that mean, Andrew? I'm asking you, what does that mean? Do, don't you think – it, it's how New York goes is how the country goes and how the, the world, for that matter, goes. Don't you think it's being done intentionally? Well, yeah, I think there's absolutely something that has to do with that. But I think also we have to keep this perspective. We talk about the 130,000 migrants that have come into New York. Think about a state like Texas where over 4 million of the 6 million have actually come through. So right. we've literally only gotten about 3% of what the state has Texas has gotten. So if you end up starting to end up sending billions of dollars to New York, what are you going to do to these border states that have taken the overwhelming majority of these migrants and still have the overwhelming majority of these migrants? So I think it's really important perspective to look just how much New York has been overwhelmed by this crisis and then think – What happens if we had 30 times the amount of immigrants coming in, which is exactly what is going on in the Texas of the world, in the Arizonas of the world? And then you really realize just how massive a crisis this is on a national level. It's not just New York City. But, Chad, you make a great point. Because New York City is kind of certainly in our minds the center of the universe, but definitely the media center of the universe. WABC is based here. And obviously you have some of the other mainstream, what I call sometimes illiberal outlets, the CNN, the MSNBC, the Fox News base here. We certainly end up looking at New York City and say, okay, what's going on in New York City? And now what's going on in the rest of the country? And the fact that they made this crisis kind of relevant to New York City specifically I think it really was a very smart move politically. Yeah, and and, and I'll tell you, I mean, we're sitting in the studio today, and the, the, you got to see the phones and the, and the boards. It, it's it's it, it's lighting up, you know, especially on a holiday Monday holiday, yeah. right? And to have, and it's not just New York City. We're we're getting calls coming in from California. We're getting from all over the country in other countries as well, indeed. which is amazing, indeed. indeed. Well, 100%. And I got to tell you, I, I see it on the weekends when I do the Sunday show at 2 o'clock. I mean, people are really, really passionate about this issue. And I got to tell you, I'm looking at my daughter right now. And when the former governor mentioned the fact that the education system will be crumbling because of this issue, that's one of the things that I really think about as well. And you start to question, is New York City, is New York State the best place to raise your kids right now? And I think the more people that are asking that question – the more people are saying, maybe not. And you're starting to see it with people that are, you know, in their 30s, in their 40s, that are actually going to other places because they're they're asking that question. They're saying, my quality of life may not be as good in New York right now. We do need better leadership in this city, in this state. I know that there's uh, obviously, I know John has good connections there, and I know he's he's trying to get in the right ears, and he does a good job of that. 
trying to give them the perspective. I just wish some of our leaders would listen to John Katsimatidis a little bit more. That's yeah. what I wish. Yeah. <laughs> How long do you think the turnaround for a turnaround in New York? How long do I think the turnaround? Yeah. I think legitimately it would be a six, a six to nine month turnaround if you had the right leadership. Now, look, I understand that you have a city council that has gone crazy. I mean, you look at some of the stuff that they have pushed from a legislative perspective, what they continue to do. Think about going after our, our police officers' qualified immunity. How could you proactively police if your quali- qualified immunity is taken away from you? You can't. So, you know, it, it probably would take a little bit longer than that, but at least to send a signal that, hey, you know, chaos is out the door and we have common sense that's governing now. It would take six to nine months. And then probably after that for the second wave, about 18 months to two years. And then I would think you'd see the city that, uh, you know, so many people look at and know that is the potential of New York, which is the safest large city in America. Well, it's the greatest city in America. It's one of the greatest cities in the world. And uh, I am committed to uh, making sure uh, New York City makes a comeback. And, And, Dominic, there's 51 out of 51 city council seats up this November, in six weeks. And, guys, WABC has to take the lead and say, listen, these are the 51 seats uh, that are open, and we got to talk about it. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.